Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Streaming live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch TV, on the podcast, available on uh, CastBox, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all the good places every day. And, of course, on this, your favorite local radio station and or translator across the state of Alaska, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? How you doing this morning? Are you ready to go? I'm a little droopy. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little droopy, and uh, I've already made some mistakes this morning um, uh, trying to uh, – well, I, I won't go into it, but let's just say today not my best day so far. So so far, not looking, not looking great this morning for me. This morning, I'm just, I'm just saying. Um. Anyway, um, we're ready to go today. Uh, I had some guests that I was trying to get lined up. Everything fell apart. So that was like the first, that was the first indication that today may not be as stellar as I had hoped. Um. But that's okay because we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, in the news and through headlines and everything else, and so we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be diving down into the headlines this morning, and um, and talking about uh, all the things that are out there that are fit to print uh, and maybe not fit to print. Things that uh, uh, people uh, should be interested in, or I think they should be interested in anyway. We'll talk about that, and uh, we're going to uh, also, of course, open up the phone lines to take your phone calls. As well, because we want you to uh, we want you to help steer the bus today. Because uh, I get bored talking, I get bored hearing my own voice. I know that that's probably not good radio host. Yeah, I don't know decorum, mantra, whatever. But you know, I want to hear what somebody else thinks too, and uh, I like to I like to talk about that. Uh, and so we're going to open up the phone lines this morning and get things uh, ready to go. We're going to start off. Oh, uh, well, right now. Let me just turn the phone lines on. There we go. Uh, 433-3150. If you'd like to call into the Pivotel call-in line, powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West, feel free to do so. Just, uh, you know, pick it up, smile and dial. 907-433-3150 uh, is the phone uh, number today. And we'll all hang out and just talk about the various things that, um, I don't know, I just think anything. I mean, let's just like, you know, deuces wild, right? I mean, let's just whatever. Isn't that what they say? Or is it aces? Deuces wild, right? Well, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. Let's go. Let's go talk about it. I'm also dry as a bone this morning. I don't know why, but <clears throat> you'll hear me probably drinking water all throughout the morning this morning. I haven't even had coffee yet. Maybe that's part of my problem. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's just it's it's ready, ready to go. 
uh, here, and uh, we will. Um, well, well, we'll take your calls. We'll we'll take your calls and and uh, see what you want to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, I guess I should say happy birthday to my mother. It's my mom's birthday today. Um, and uh, you guys should all be thankful to her. She gave birthed to me. She done birthed me. Uh, and so you can, you guys should all be grateful that she didn't drown me while in my sleep while I was a child. Okay. I mean, I'm sure that I probably made her want to smother me sometimes because, you know, it's me. But she didn't. She made it through. She persevered. And here I am. And uh, so I wish you would all just quietly look at the radio right now and wish my mom, Sally, a very happy birthday. Um, and that would be that would be great. I'm sure she will hear it up in Fairbanks. As I think she and I, th- I think I see my dad is somewhere in the chat room. I think they're listening this morning. Um, but my heartfelt, my heartfelt uh, love and good wishes to my to my mom, to my mom. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's good. You, again, you you could you can blame blame her for me. There you go. Blame her for me. Um. What are what are some of the things that I want to uh, talk about uh, this morning? Well, there are some headlines um, which we're going to get into, but I kind of want to revisit some of the things that we were some of the things we were talking about yesterday, um, including this whole inflationary thing, which is uh, you know really affecting. I had a conversation yesterday after the show. With a local business, and we got talking about the same thing. This is on the this is this is on people's minds um, right now, and um, I so I think that that will be one of the things that I want to talk about today. So, if you're a business owner and you're dealing with the increased costs of supply chain issues and of um you know labor pool shortages and inflation and everything else i would um i'd love to hear from you i'd love to hear from you and to figure out exactly what you know what it is that you're saying to your your customers your clients um that uh you know to help offset any kind of angst or if you've had to pass that on or if you've had to change the way you do things, we heard from Greg yesterday. We heard from Brian, both of whom do a lot of bidding and contracting, and how that changes and and everything else. Um, and I would love to hear from I would love to hear from you uh, on that topic today. If you, especially if you're a business owner, because I think you know, I mean, first of all, business owners are the kind of the backbone of the small business owners are the backbone of of the well of country. But, you know, especially here in the state, um, they provide a tremendous number of jobs. And, uh, and of course, you know, they allow us to, they bring to us as consumers, you know, a, a lot of great stuff. So I would love to, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear from you this morning if you'd like to call in on that. So I'll, I'll open the lines for that for sure. So that'll be the first kind of standing thing. I uh, also love to hear from new callers today. Well, is it New Caller Thursday? I guess it could be New Caller Thursday. So if you've been listening to the program for a while and you've never called in uh, because, 
I don't know, you haven't taken the time or maybe you're a little shy or nervous. I don't bite hard. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, just come, just feel free to call us up today and spout whatever's on your mind, your, your, your vexedness or your frustration over a topic or your joy uh, on a topic as well. We'd love to hear from you again on the Pivotel call-in lines at 907-433-3150. So feel free to, to call in on that. Uh, and we'd, again, love to hear from you. Okay. <clears throat> Ooh, parched. Uh, so the governor has made his proclamation uh, now. He issued it yesterday, the formal pl- uh, proclamation for the special election, which is going to be coming up um, here on uh, June 11th. The primary is going to take place. Uh, it's going to be a mail-in primary. Ballots are going to be sent automatically to all uh, Alaska uh, voters uh, who are registered at least 30 days before that election. So that means you, if you're not registered as of yet, and I'm assuming that if you're listening to this program, you're probably registered to vote. But if for some reason you're not, you have until May the 13th to get uh, registered for uh, for that and to be able to receive your ballots. Uh, that will be the special that will be the special uh, primary election, jungle primary. And that's a one single ballot winner takes all. Actually, it's a top four vote getters take all out of that primary. And then the special general election will occur during the regular primary election on August the 16th. And as I mean, I thought that that's what uh, Fanumiai had said during the press conference that um, and and apparently it's true the the ADN is reporting on this as well. I thought I heard this during the press conference, but they're actually going to put the same information, both the special primary election, excuse me, both the special this is how it gets confusing. The special general election and the regular primary election, apparently they're going to put it all on the same ballot. Um, which, uh, what? <laughs> I mean, because you've got two different types of voting on, you know, on the same day, on the same ballot. And I'm a little confused as to why you would not separate out the ballot for that specifically. So that the workers could explain that this ballot is general, is ranked choice voting, and this ballot is all one vote jungle primaries. Um, and I don't know why they would not put it on uh, one single ballot. I mean, I don't know why they would not put it on separate ballots versus one single ballot. Maybe it's the maybe it's the paper shortage. I, I don't know, but. You would think that by then, that's in August, you know, we're five months away from that right now. Why would you, because it would be easier for an election worker to say, okay, this ballot is is the prime, the regular primary ballot, and this is the one office ranked choice voting ballot for the congressional race. And so for this one, you'll rank it one through four, your top four candidates. And on this one, you'll only vote for one. You would think that that would be, 
you would think that that would make more sense than saying, here's one sheet of, here's one ballot. I don't know why they, I don't know why they wouldn't put it on a separate ballot, quite honestly. It makes no sense to me. But that's coming. Uh, We talked about it yesterday, and now it's official. The governor has made the proclamation. And there's some people starting to come out of the woodwork now who are looking to run, including one of our most favoritedest guests who ever came on the program and asked, uh, remember how I say on, on Firearms Friday there's no such thing as a dumb gun question? I will say that he did ask a dumb PFD question. And, I mean, I... I don't even know what to say to that. But we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. Before we run out of time, though, let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. We'll start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Josh at Homer. Hello, Josh. What's on? This morning, Michael? Good, sir. What's up? Hey, just uh, commenting on uh, your, your uh, question this morning that you were reaching out for people about passing uh, some of these extra costs that are happening now on to customers through small businesses. Right. Um, I, I, I work for a, a decent-sized company for, for Homer uh, area, which I know you know well. It's, it's a small community, but um, and we're for the first time in about 10 years uh, having to alter our pricing uh, by way of surcharges for, for fuel costs right. um, to help offset some of the things that we have going on down here. Uh, rather than changing our entire pricing structure, uh, we decided to go through it through a fuel surcharge, so it's something that can be adjusted and justified uh to the customers but uh definitely hard times uh for for a lot of folks uh, some of the services we provide are are pretty essential and uh definitely tough raising prices on folks when it's uh already hard for everybody but uh it's one of those things that's just unavoidable right now to stay in business well yeah and i think i mean are the customers pretty understanding about it are they i mean they're really bent out of shape have you experienced are you on the front lines to experience any of that yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm the one that always gets past the the uh, upset customers when when they don't understand, and uh, you know I'm able to usually by the end of the phone conversation uh, get them to understand the the reasoning why. But yeah, it's just hard, you know. I, I don't blame people for being um, uh, upset at all uh, because you know they're already in other avenues of their financial spending trying to figure out ways to make ends meet, and right. uh, you know this is just one more thing kind of piling on. And so I definitely am uh, sympathetic to what they have going on, but. It's just the, the cost of doing business right now. Uh, right. It's, it's one of those things that's unavoidable, and most of the time they understand. Well, it's like one of those perfect storms where we've just come out of a pandemic where a lot of people have been financially stressed to begin with and everything else, and now we've got the supply chain ripple effect, the inflationary ripple effect, the oil pricing and gas pricing ripple effect. But at the same time, if companies don't increase their costs or you know increase their rates or try and find a way to offset some of these additional costs – They'll go out of business, and then you'll have even fewer choices in the services and goods that you need in your community. So, I mean, it's a catch-22, and, I mean, everybody pays, I guess, except for government. But, I mean, everybody else pays, right? I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this might be, you know, a bit conspiracy theory to some people. But in in my opinion, I think that, you know, that is a a big driving factor to a lot of the things you see that big government you know pushes is they would like to see less and less of the private sector cover the needs of the people and it just drives more people into needing the government more right and and in my opinion you know that they they the policies that they drive just push people in that direction because there's no other avenue oh yeah uh, so 
you know, I, I just urge small business owners and, and people that work for these small businesses to do, do what you can, but at the same time, don't absorb the brunt of everything to put yourself in financial ruin because at the end of the day, I, I think that's, that's honestly what they want. And, uh, yeah. you know, just, just be fair to your customers as best as you can and, and keep providing good service for these people around here. But they need to understand that, you know, some of these folks, that's definitely not everybody, the decisions that they're making and their voting policies and the people that they're putting in office, these are the repercussions of it and get your wallet out. Yeah, no, I agree. We are in a way creating a dependency state here in Alaska and it's uh, and it's a real problem. I mean, not just in Alaska, but across the country. And I think you're right. There seems to be a concerted effort on the part of some politicians to foster that dependency state. And I don't like to see it. Thank you for your call, Josh. Uh, I have one, one more call, but I am up against the break. I'm going to take the call on the other side. So, caller, don't go anywhere, but we're going to uh, come up on here and run some commercials because we got to pay the bills. And we'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Phone lines are open right now if you want to queue up. 907-433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line. It's the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Now you're cooking with gas. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, we're in the break right now. Let's go over here and get this caller's name and where they're calling from so that we can uh, uh, make sure we get it all done here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Hello, Jeff from Homer. You hold the line, my friend, and we will be right back to you. You will be first up in the queue. Uh, deep in the queue. Uh, all right. Uh, number one with a bullet. That's who you are. Are you sure you're just drinking water? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? I mean, it's clear. Does that count? It is clear liquid. <sighs> it is delicious. Tastes especially delicious this morning. I don't know why, but I'm again, I'm just parched this morning. All right, lots of you wished happy birthday to my mom, and I appreciate that. She appreciates that, I'm sure. I'm sure she got a, I'm sure she got a warm fuzzy from all the, you know, it's like, you know, Tinkerbell when everybody believes and and they, she feels it. I'm sure that's what my mom feels right now. Um, what could happen with the mail? No mail in. Uh, yeah, I mean, this kind of at this point, it's kind of out of our hands. Uh, it's been decided by the director and division of elections, and as we talked about. Yesterday with State Senator Mike Schauer, they've kind of already made the decision and there's really nothing uh, There's really nothing to do about it. That's kind of what's happening. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I'm concerned, obviously, about ballot security and everything else, but uh, that's why I'll be taking my ballots that they send to me in the mail into my family and I'll make sure I'll wrangle everybody up to make sure that they all vote and then I will be taking it down to a local um, regional office and dropping it in if they've got a drop box or wherever I have to put it, but I will hand deliver them to the government. Um, no, I guess not that that's a guarantee that it's all going to be counted fairly, but we'll do our best, uh, on that. So that's what I'm going to be doing this morning. Uh, says Terry. Uh, okay. Somebody, who was it that said that their their daughter loves it when I do that, that their kids listen with her? And when I use the voices and when I say things like, 
Natasha. She, they just, they giggle. Okay, so there's your giggle for the day. Uh, Josh Revac swinging for the back fence. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that. Uh, no coffee. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe sometimes. Sometimes I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee every morning. I mean, I do every morning, but not sometimes not before the show. Um, so it is what it is. Um, uh, increasing talking about increasing prices. Laura said, "Yep, over the past twelve years." My root stock started at $17 a box. Root stock, I'm assuming, for, for planting, for spring planting. She says, yesterday I was quoted around $100. Oh, man. Oof. Oof. Um, John says we should talk about bacon on the show. We talk about bacon quite a bit, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah. I saw an idea the other day that was... Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, it was uh, bacon tacos. Uh, I mean, literally with talk, you weave the bacon and then you put it in a, you put it in a, uh, you ever seen those metal tacos, uh, those metal um, taco stands? You know what I'm talking about for your plate top where you put the shells in it and then you fill the stuff and it holds the shells upright. My wife actually got me one for my birthday. Because I'm like, I, I would love that because I hate it when I'm trying to build tacos and they flop over on the side of the plate. I hate that. So she got me the metal one. It looks like a, a WV, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, somebody, I saw a video, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Somebody took and they, they, uh, they wove a bunch of bacon together and they cut them into circles. And then they, they took the trimmings, I guess, and cooked them into the taco meat or whatever. But then they, they took those weaves of bacon and they placed them on those things and they baked them up just like that and they had little bacon taco shells i mean that yes thank you i'll take some uh yes i will have another that sounds delicious uh eight dollar gallon gas will mean seven dollar number one heating oil next winter is going to be nuts remember eight dollar is a starting amount $8 a gas in Kotzebue is $25 gas a gallon gas in Kobuk. Man, Crowley Fuels announced this summer fuel prices were going to 8 Oh, we were just talking about fuel prices in the chat room. Uh, $8 a gallon for gasoline will mean $7 for number one heating oil. Next winter is going to be crazy. Apparently, Crowley Fuels, I haven't seen the announcement, but Sean in the chat room is saying Crowley Fuels announced that this summer's fuel prices were going to be reaching $8 a gallon. $8 a gallon. I'm so glad I drive a Mini Cooper at this point. You guys with your big trucks, I feel so badly for you. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go back to the phones now. Phone lines are open today. It is open line, open form, and we're taking your calls from around the state on the Pivotel call-in line at 433-3150. Jeff from Homer was our caller before we went to break. Let's go back over there now. Jeff, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, yeah, $8 a gallon for fuel isn't that nice for sending in, <laughs> you know, 
more fuel than anybody else, you know. Um, this this whole thing, it's like our election coming up, you know, and everybody's going to say the right things to get elected. And I'll tell you a story years ago, I met an old guy named Mo Shaw. He was a great guide. I guided with him. I was 20. He was 65. He took me under his wing. Great guy. Taught me a lot of stuff about Moosehead Lake over there. And we were catching fish and told him, I said, geez, a lot of guys are mad at me now, Mo. And why? He says, well, you know, I'm fishing with you, learning, and I'm I'm doing good. I'm catching a lot of fish, and a lot of people want to go with me now in my boat. And thank you for what you've done. And he says, yeah, well, don't pay any attention to those people because I'll tell you what. He said, call you good, don't they? And I said, yeah. He says, because you are. He says, and those other guys are a bunch of clowns, is what he said. <laughs> and sorry, guys. But he said, this is how it goes. <laughs> That's what they say now. 20 more years? Oh, you're going to be, oh, you're good now. So 20 more years after that, ooh, you're really good. You're the man. He said, 50? You'll be a walking god. He said, but I guarantee you, and you want to watch out for the knife swinging because they, every one of those guys will stab you in the back. They are now, they will right. then, and they always will. And that's part of the problem with the whole world today. You know, it's like the politicians. Oh, we're going to do this, da 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 and then come time to set the PFD and all that stuff. Ooh, here comes the knife, straight in the back. So it's... Uh, it's a hard world to live in. Here we sit on the biggest oil in the United States. Everybody knows it. And uh, uh, what are we doing? Paying seven dollars for for heating oil and eight for gas? Are you kidding me? You know. So um, I do know that the borough is going to be letting out some land, especially on the Beagle Hill, for firewood people. So get on that now. Get your firewood. Get it put up. One thing about firewood, it doesn't go up once you get it in your shed. Get, right. Get a wood burner in your house. And, and, you know, northern Maine, I haven't got to teach anybody that. We all have wood burners. Power goes out, don't care. Most everybody has a generator. Most everybody has their wood put up for two years. So there's going to be birch. There's going to be dead beetle kill. There's a lot of stuff going on there. So take care of yourself, what I can say. And, uh, you know, it's time to start worrying about you, not not everybody else. I mean, help thy neighbor if you can. And uh, But uh, this whole deal... It's not going to be funny if that happens for next winter. You know, no, and hopefully, you know, they say one one extreme follows the other, and we'll have a decent winter, not a bad one like we did this year. Well, I mean, I, I hope so. Uh, and you're right; I never understood uh, the premise of living in Alaska and not having a secondary heat source of some kind. Now, I did for a few years, uh, but I eventually rectified it. It was, you know, something that I put in simply because I felt like not only did I have to, just in case. But it was also a way to help offset some of the costs of, uh, you know, heating oil and everything else. I mean, my house, uh, when I lived in North Pole, my house was built in like 1973. It was not a five-star energy-rated home, you know what I mean? And so it would, uh, so having that secondary heat source, especially if you live up in the interior where, I mean, it's 30, 40, 50, 60 below, uh, that's understandable. But even in other parts of the state, like you said, loss of power, cost of fuel. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons why having a, having a secondary uh, heat source is, um, you know, is a great idea. And, uh, and I don't know why more people don't plan for that. I mean, if I was going to build a new home, I would definitely build probably a, a, a fireplace into it that had a radiant heat source, you know, like a, a, a heat sink with some, you know, coolant and everything else. I would, I would, I would do it upright. I'd spend a few extra thousand dollars to make sure that if something went wrong, I could throw some logs on the fire, and uh, and you know my house would would not freeze up, and I would not you know we would not die, kind of thing. Um, right. So yeah, it's kind of always it's that kind per- of 
prepare for the worst, hope for the best thing. Right, and kind of look for a stove that you can cook on, too. You know, not just a big, fancy, nice, pretty stove that burns wood and looks good. Uh, most, you go to Maine, eh, we, when I started getting out in the world, I said, well, all these fancy stoves. You know, we had, we had cook stoves in the kitchen in a lot of places. My grandmother had one, the lodges all had one. They cooked with wood. You know, yeah. we didn't haul fuel up into the Allagash when I lived there in 1978 with Patty Nugent. We, we used wood. You right. Know, we cooked on it. You know, she had the oven that you could just, you know, you kind of push the biscuits through and it came out down on the other end. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You had to split the wood up more. And, and we had, then we had the big stoves and cause we have hardwood there, which is better birch and maple and beech and stuff like that. But we all had woodsheds that had a two part to it. This is this year's, this is next year's. Right. So that the wood was good and dry, didn't creosote everything up. And, you know, everybody is trained there. Uh, especially in the North Woods, you know, the power goes out all the time. And then the power company, you're the last ones they get to way up there. It's no big deal. Uh, right. We can cook. We can, you know, put a big thing of water on the stove to keep take a bath, you know, a little bit of a bath. And and uh, so uh, everybody needs to learn all that. And, and I'd say now is the time to get on that right now. Don't wait till next fall to cut your firewood right. and or, you know, have your wood dry, all of that stuff. You want to spend money, spend it in that realm because once you get that firewood and you know it takes five, six, seven cod, eight cod to heat your house, it never goes up. Right. Okay. No, I mean, it stays at that price. Goes right back to what we were saying, Jeff. That's a prepare for the worst and hope for the best scenario. Uh, And once you make those kind of uh, choices and those preparations, all your surprises will be happy ones. So that's, uh, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff, for your call. Uh, thank you for calling in. We got a couple more lines on hold. We still got some headlines to get to as well. Let's well. go over here. Hello. Good morning. Oops, you got to turn your radio down. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. This is Mark. Hi, Mark. What's from on your Fairbanks. mind? What's on your mind? <laughs> I want to wish your blessed mother, Sally, a happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, there's a lot of topics out there, but, uh, uh, well, we have 26 days purportedly left in the legislature. All Alaskans, and uh, send one in for your kids. Teach them how it's done. Get in there and send simultaneously all these legislators in Juneau at your LIO, Legislative Information Office, a POM, a political opinion message, and tell them you want your full $15,000 PFD and send it to all of them. Uh, you know they're not going to be here to help you when the peanut butter hits the fan. And this is already starting to happen economically. Uh, I uh, approached our own borough here and uh, uh, shared with them what uh, little I knew about our 9010. And uh, nobody ever knew about it, even in the public. Uh, and... Uh, it was uh, allowed to be thieved. And so uh, I, I told them with this being thieved that there's going to be austere economic times ahead. And uh, I think I see them coming, Mike. Right, right. No, I, I agree. I think that, uh, again, this goes back to what Jeff was saying, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. 
you know, let your voice be heard, but at the same time, you know, make plans for whatever hard times you think may be coming and, uh, you know, just do your best to prepare yourselves and your families to weather any storm. That's always kind of been my mantra since I was young is, you know, we always try and again, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And if everything works out great, then great. If it doesn't work out so good out in the world, then at least we're prepared for something. So you're not wrong there, Mark. Thank you for your call. Let's uh, continue ahead over here to the next caller on the Pivotel call in line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. What's on your mind? In Kisila. Good morning, Jeremy. Well, I don't think we're headed for nuclear annihilation, okay? I think people still have plenty of time to prepare and, you know, get ready, you know, buy your 10 pounds of coffee or whatever. But, uh, you know, do be ready in case of a emergency situation happens in your community because you cannot do anything uh, what's going on with all these power-hungry idiots globally, but you can do something in your community, right? Michael? Right, right. No, absolutely. I don't think anybody said that we were looking at nuclear war or anything else, but I mean, I think that there's no doubt that economic times are already tough. I mean, post-pandemic and everything else, and now the inflationary factor has kicked in. Uh, you know, people need to kind of be prepared for, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, that it, it could be a fiscal downturn. It could be a return to the, uh, you know, to the fiscal crunch of the 80s or the or the uh, 08s or whatever. So, yeah, and even at Walmart, you can get those emergency food buckets, which are good for, you know, whatever they say they are. I mean, you can actually live on that stuff. Oh, well, for you long can... enough, and yeah, you and, could you and could live on. You can eat your raisins and oatmeal yeah. and. Pretty pebbles, and you'll be okay, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, you could live on that stuff. I would not want to live on one of those emergency food bucket rations for any real length of time because uh, while it's food, it's not something that you're meant to live on for the long term. We've talked about that with some long-term food storage and other things as well. And maybe that's something we can take up on the other side. Thank you, Jeremy, for your call. Two more lines on hold. But I, again, am a slave to the clock, and I must pay some bills. So we're going to be back with more. I'm going to take these callers' names, and we're going to start with them on the other side. Uh, also encouraging, I said it was New Caller Thursday, and we haven't gotten many new callers, but that's okay. Josh called in. That was fun. Love to hear from you. If you've never called in before, you want to sound off on any of the things we've been talking about or something completely new, open line, open forum today. Still got some headlines. We're going to talk about Don Young's congressional race here in a minute, or the race for his seat, anyway. Uh, we're going to be back with more The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. 
streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, in the break right now, we got two lines on hold. Let's go over here first and see what uh, what you have to say. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. How are you, Michael? Jim Home. Oh, hey, Jim. How are you doing? Would Fairbanks. You... Uh, good old good old Fairbanks. Good old Fairbanks. Well, hold the line, Jim. You'll be first up in the queue. I definitely want to talk to you, so hold the line, my friend. I appreciate you uh, calling in. Hold on one second. Caller number two. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yes, Ray North Pole. Hello, Ray in North Pole. Hold the line, my friend. You'll be number two in the queue. Uh, we'll be right back to you here in just a hot second. So we got two callers lined up. And uh, folks in the chat room as well. Uh, I think the word fathom is trending, says somebody. I can't. I just can't fathom it. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. I just don't fathom it. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a thing. It's a word. Six feet. That's a fathom, by the way, just in case you were wondering. It's just a, it's just a, it's. It's just a unit of measurement. Um, uh, let's see. Going back here. Uh, yes, we're going to talk about Revac lending to run for Don Young's seat. Uh, Sean clarified and said two weeks ago in jury duty, two of the jurors were Crowley employees, and that's where the topic of discussion on the gas prices came up. Um, somebody said, I thought there was supposed to be a guest. I was working on some guests for today, but it all kind of fell apart. So the answer is no, no guests today. Sometimes that happens. I don't have a booker. I mean, I am the booker and the engineer and the host and the chief cook and bottle washer around here. So it's kind of it's kind of all all me all the time. Um All right. Apparently, I pushed the button, but uh it didn't happen, so we're all in the commercial break right now. Uh we're all not in the commercial break. Um uh, uh and just see, this is it's, it's like Monday. Uh, it's like Monday. Um, let me get some clarification here on what I need to do next, but I think we still need to go to commercial break. So um, maybe we will restart our commercial break and and start fresh. So, all right, folks on the radio, this is you see, you just got to peek behind the scenes. That's what it usually looks like behind the scenes. But let me go to commercial break and then I'll come back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Oh, it hurts. Now we're in commercial break. My Lord. How the how the heck did that happen? How the heck did that happen? Um Did you see the article in Must Read about Von Imhoff and Rodell? Yes, I did. That was something else that I wanted to talk about today. But I'm kind of letting the listeners drive the bus a little bit here. Um, in this day and age, why on earth don't we have any small refine or don't we have a small refinery running? I just can't fathom it. Well, uh, two words from you, uh, for you, government regulation. That's the problem. Government regulation. Um, and, uh, that's a, that's a real problem. Um, uh, it, uh, it, that's one of the reasons, uh, that, I mean, there's only like, there's like, I think, 11 major refineries in the United States, including the one now in Nikiski, that refine gasoline, and that's it in the whole country. And there has, hasn't been a new refinery built. 
gosh, this would have been 10 years ago that I heard that statistic. But I don't think there'd been a new refinery built in uh, 20 years or 25 years. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, the, uh, fathom, define fathom. To penetrate and come to understand, couldn't fathom the problem. Yeah, I, I, I got it. I was just jo- I was joking, Christine. Everybody's so literal today. Everybody's so literal. Uh, N- Natasha is grammatically challenged. Uh, it, yeah, it's like Monday. It is like, a, I mean, everything was fine. Um, it was fine. It was good stuff. It was, you know, all this whole, I had a short week. I had Monday off. I was like, the, I hardly ever take any days of the week off that aren't like a holiday weekend or anything. And I mean, I felt good. And then, whew, man, I couldn't even cry out for Jesus to take the wheel because it was like, there was no steering wheel. It was like, I was just, you know, no brakes behind the wheel this morning, behind the, the steering stick this morning. There was no wheel. Okay. Um, yeah, what I got this, and I then I got this. Well, and that was the other thing. Yeah, okay. I just got another message. Uh, now it is uh, food. Oh, food buckets don't have fresh bacon, bro. That's why they aren't any good. Those food buckets don't have any fresh bacon. Uh, I just got a notification from the Anchorage Police Department that Fifth uh, and Ingra, which for those of you who don't live in the South Central area, is like the main in intake into Anchorage from the Glen Highway. Fifth and Ingra is closed. Uh, vehicle collision with a person. And it uh, looks like it's going to be closed for the foreseeable future. So that'll make that'll make traffic in Anchorage uh, good this morning. Oof. All right. So I was already pontificating and bloviating. And Jim and uh, Ray have been waiting on the lines. And I apologize, guys. I Like I said, I did not realize that something went wrong. And it did not go to commercial break like it was supposed to. I mean, I pushed the button. But apparently... I wasn't holding my mouth just right when I pushed the button. So just bear with us here. We're, we're, we're getting on through it here. We're about uh, two minutes out uh, before we rejoin the radio, and then we're going straight to the telephones, straight to the telephones. Do not let Terry drive the bus. I know she has road rage. Now, I don't know if you're talking about uh, Laura. I don't know if you're talking about Terry in the chat room or Terry, my wife. My wife doesn't really have road rage, but boy, she is Irish. You do not want to get her started. Uh, you definitely do not want to be on the other side of, uh, of, of it for sure. Bill Brock said, this whole week is a bunch of Burt Stedman. That was just BS. I, I, I agree. I think this whole week has been a lot of Burt Stedman going on. That's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, I never get tired of these sound quips, folks. I never do. I'm going to be kind of sad that Natasha has decided not to run again for re-election because she is like the, she is like the sound, uh, the 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 soundboard machine. I mean, that girl can put out some sound bites that just make me smile every time. Uh, some of my favorites. I mean, she's got some she's got some golden hits out there. This is day. I don't know what the heck day it is, Madam President. It's day a lot. And we're all tired, and it is time to get a new perspective. This fishbowl and air is very stale. My clothes, I'm so sick of them, I don't want to wear them anymore. (laughs) So sick of them. So sick of them, I haven't been able to go to Nordstrom's in days. Um... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's day a lot. I mean, she's she's just like the quip machine, man. I love it. I love it. She actually got it the other day, and we played a bit of it when she was trying to uh, compare what we're doing in the state of Alaska to the fact that, you know, we could be like Ukraine. We could, I mean, I, it was such a stretch. You just, you we, you got to go listen to it. It's just amazing. But again, I feel I'm almost kind of bummed that she's not going to be there anymore. Uh, well, at least for this go around. All right, 20 seconds. You ready to join? We got one more line on hold now. I don't know who it is. I don't have time to check, but we've got uh, Jim in Fairbanks and Ray in North Pole and then the third caller, and we're going to continue on. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Hit subscribe. Ring the bell. Let's do it. Okay, so the show's a hot mess today, but that's fine. I mean, it's, again, what do you expect from a low-budget radio program, right? Right? Let's go back to the phones. They've been holding for quite a while, and uh, we appreciate their patience on this. Uh, uh, one of my old friends, Jim Holm, uh, former representative, assemblyman, uh, man about town, uh, is on the phone with us from Fairbanks. Good morning, Mr. Holm. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mr. Dukes. I just wanted to tell you that uh, you can tell your lovely mother that uh, happy birthday for me. We uh, graduated from high school together, so yeah, no, I, I will. I, I I'll... Your mother very, very well. Yep, yep. It's uh, also, um, and of course, your grandpa was a good friend of mine too. He and uh, my father's, he was a yeah. wonderful man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, one of the things I was listening to the guy from Homer, and it just brought back a whole bunch of things from our homestead and. No uh, electricity. We didn't have electricity until I was 11, 10 or 11. And uh, so we, we had a stove in the kitchen, you know, where we put wood in or coal. Right. We burned some coal as well. Right, right. And uh, we always had had heat. But, but now in this uh, socialist town of Fairbanks that uh, we live in now, everybody says you can be here if you have breathing problems and come in here and force your neighbor to be cold. Yeah, you can't use your stove, and now if you have a stove in your house, though it's not approved by our the uh, the people in power or whatever they are, um, you have to now uh, um, get rid of it, and uh, you can't have your your auxiliary heat uh, anymore. So it's a it's a it's a real uh, interesting time to live in Fairbanks. No, and then of course the price of fuel, and you were talking about good lord, I I remember. Uh, we were talking about the refinery, getting the refinery into Fairbanks and how all the price of fuel and, and gas and everything was going to be so much lower here than other places in the country because of our proximity to uh, to oil. And, and, of course, that disappeared quickly. No, yeah, isn't that always how it and, works? Uh, I mean, they make it. all kinds of stuff like this that is that yeah. just uh, amazing. They, I, they, I, we live in interesting times, as the old Chinese curse says. Yeah. May you live in interesting times. Yeah, yeah, well, I remember, you know, and I remember the discussion, even though I was pretty young, I remember the discussion about, their, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to have cheap gas and cheap oil. And, of course, what happened? I mean, they made it a nickel cheaper than it would have been to ship up from, you know, Creek, Ship Creek, Wash, or Creek, Creek City, Washington, or whatever, wherever the refinery is down there, Cherry Creek. Um, 
you know, and and so it was a nickel cheaper. Yeah, it was a nickel cheaper than that. And I, and there are people who were like, well, wait, I thought it was supposed to be. Well, then it wasn't. And of course, now they've had the sulfalene thing and everything else. And so we've got the refinery shut down. But yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And it, yeah, I never it boggles my mind that in Fairbanks, and I saw this before I left. In fact, I fought against this pretty hard when I left. This whole thing on I know you did. Wood, Thank you very much. Wood smoke and everything else. I mean, it just makes no sense. You live in one of the coldest climates on the face of the earth, and people are like, I'm sorry, I've moved here from somewhere else, but uh, I've got some breathing issues, and I just don't think you should be able to heat your home in the case of a power outage because it makes me cough. And I'm just like, really? I mean, really? I mean, this is what it is? Uh, I mean, I lived in the triangle. Yeah, we fought the MTBE. Do you remember the MTBE? Oh, yeah, I remember that. that crap in our... Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember I mean, that. There's well. another one. They had absolutely no empirical data to do that stuff. They don't have any empirical data to prove that 2.5 p.m. or whatever the heck it is, uh, parts per million, um, uh, affects people negatively. They just no. make all these great, grandiose things and then try to force everybody to be complicit. Well, remember the original standard was PM10, right? And then it was PM. I know. And then I it know. was. And then it was PM6. And then it was 2.5, and, and, and if they attain 2.5, then it'll become 0.15. I mean, it's just a moving target. It's a constantly moving target. That's right. And that's right. and it's just, it's insane. So, well. Uh, well, that's how you control people. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to have anything that's going to stay the same. So Yeah, no. Unfortunately, it's also, if you cause this trickles down or not even trickles down, it trickles down from Washington, D.C. and all the other things that we're complicit with. Um, yeah. So... I don't know. I didn't want to. I'm trying to cheer you up today. So <laughs> tell your mama happy birthday and, and to let somebody else talk. Well, thank you, Jim. And tell uh, your family that I said hi as yeah. well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go over to Ray, who is on the line from North Pole. He's been on hold for a while. Thank you, Ray. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning. Well, I, uh, I'm guessing that Seabop isn't a dry town, and I sure hope that uh, Jeremy's not driving the bus this morning. But uh, <laughs> you, uh, you have uh, Chris Story and Mike Shower on every week, two of the greatest Alaskans I've ever heard. Of course, they were constitutionalists. Yep. And they ought to have a statue to both of them, like the Statue of Liberty down there in Kenai, one on each end <laughs> with their head on it. And, uh, you know, you get uh, them on there and you really run them through the gauntlet and uh, hold their feet to the fire and ask them the tough questions. Sure. But then you get Scott Kawasaki on there and you don't ask them one tough question. You don't run them through a gauntlet. You know, this is a battle with these liberal criminals. The knives are out. Sure. You need to corner this guy. Well, we're going to try and have Scott back on the program, and I was not obviously I did not uh, I did not press him super hard on some issues because he was on to specifically to talk about one thing. But I'm hoping that uh, he will come back. He and I have sparred in the past uh, and have had hard conversations about stuff, and I'm trying to get him back on again to discuss it. But uh, you know, you don't want to beat him up too bad on that first visit because you, you know you want him to come back so that they'll. They'll get used to taking a little bit of a beating on the way through. You know what I mean? So it's not too bad. But uh, you know, we got some we got some clarification on a few things there, and we'll have him back on Ray, and and uh, we'll make sure we every time we have him on, we'll we'll press him a little harder on it. So don't uh, don't fear. But when I've got a limited amount of time, and we're specifically talking about one thing, sometimes you can't uh, 
you can't go down the rabbit holes that you want to go down. It's not like I can do for Chris or or Mike when I know they're going to be on for a while and I can, you know, and they've been on consistently. Uh, we've got a, you know, it's a different rapport. So, but uh, anyway, I appreciate it, Ray. Thank you for calling in. Okay. Uh, let's go over here to, uh, we got one final call, but they'll have to make it quick. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, this Jeremy and Kasilov again, and no, I'm not driving a bus, but I think uh, Rodell and Vaughn, I'm off. And all-, all right, I'm sorry. I got to put you on hold, uh, Jeremy, because I am up against the break. So we'll talk to you here at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. We're out of time for this hour of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right. Sorry. Back in the break. Sorry, me, Jeremy. Uh, go ahead and finish what your thought was there because you weren't quick enough to before we got to the bottom of the top of the hour there. Well, um, you know, these Von Imhoff and Rodell, they're uh, all corroborating to rip the people of Alaska off. And that's what they're really doing. And uh, I think uh, Von Imhoff should be investigated. You know what I mean? Because all these people, and I'd like to see their five-star lunches and everywhere. I'd like to see their video cameras of all these lobbyists that are surrounding them. Yeah. That's what I, I want to see there. Uh, lobbyist friends on camera that's what i want to see well i mean again i think yeah we're going to look we're going to look into this thing and and talk about this thing with von imhoff and rodell um but yeah i mean i I think you're right there's definitely a lot of one hand scratches the other kind of thing in these situations and we're getting a bit of a peek behind the scenes on that and you're right Uh, i would it would be interesting to have a a microphone or a video camera at some of these events to see how the the rich and powerful or the mighty and the elected uh, do their thing behind uh, behind closed doors, uh, for sure. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you for calling in. I'm glad you're not driving a bus, but thank uh, you, Michael Duke. Thank you. God bless you and your mom. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for calling in. Um, all right, that clears out all the phone lines. And no, I think it's a stroke issue. It's not a drinking issue. I think it's a, I think it's a neurological issue. Um, it, that was my understanding, anyway. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. See what you guys have to say. Uh, it turns out that MTBE became a serious challenge to clean up when it did, did spill. Yeah, I mean the MTBE thing was, it was uh, methyl tributyl ethylene, right? I mean that's some nasty, nasty stuff. Uh, you had people getting seriously sick from breathing the fumes on that. Uh, let's see. Trickle down from uh, W. Washington, D.C., Convention of the States. That's going on. Uh, government and bureaucrats have to prove their relevance with constant legislation. Right, LD. I mean, it's the same thing that happens with the police, right? They have to prove their relevance with constantly writing you tickets for nonsense, non-aggressive, non-violent uh, crimes, too, right? Uh, it's the same kind of thing all the time. You know, when you hear a cop's got to make their quota, it's the same thing for the politicians. 
politicians got to make their quota. I got to show my people I'm doing something. So let me change the name of the highway. Let me add a verse to the end of the national of the Alaska flag song. Let me make the mosquito the official bird of Alaska. They got to do something. <laughs> you know. That's exactly what it is. Um uh, let's see. Autocratic city state of Fairbanks? Yeah, you'd think so. Fairbanks is an interesting town. It really is. Um and having been up there again just this weekend, I can safely say that, man, I miss the people up there, but I do not miss, I don't miss the town. I don't miss the, well, I don't miss the environs. I don't miss the uh, the, the super cold and the snow and the, and the, the you know, I mean, we get some of that here where I live now. But, man, when I left Fairbanks, the, the year before I left Fairbanks, it was 57 below or colder for three weeks solid at my house. For three weeks, it was it was 57 below or colder. I mean, that's just that just hurts. You know, it's just it's just you know, it hurts. Except when you don't write bills, says Kevin McCabe, your constituents get mad at you for doing that's exactly what LD was saying. They've got to prove their relevance with constant legislation. You know, I would just be happy if a legislator went down there and did nothing, did pass no bills, voted against everything. I'd be like, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. I mean, I served I served on the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly for five years. And uh, I think you could safely say that I was Dr. No. I voted no against almost everything. Um, Dukes, please review the definition of the politician's disease. Well, the politician's disease is really, I mean, it's the politician's disease, but it's really the elitist disease, basically, that says that they know somehow better than you how you should fill in the blank, run your life, raise your kids, spend your money, uh, protect your family, I mean, whatever it is, fill in the blank. They, It's essentially, they know better than you. <clears throat> they know better than you. Uh, let's see, uh, with Washington DC running Alaska, Juno is no longer relevant. LD is right. More bridges, roads, and months of recognition. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jonathan says, MD, are you the DM when y'all play D and am the dungeon master. I am the dungeon. Oh, I'm wearing my shirt. I forgot. Nerdy dads build character. That's what it says. Nerdy dads build character. Uh, because I do, I build characters for my kids. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do DM. I play, uh, I mean, I would like to play more, uh, I'd like to play where I'm a player instead of the DM. Uh, sometimes I do both. Sometimes I DM and, and metagame a player too, because they need an extra person in their party or whatever. And that's never as fun as just, just outright playing, you know, as a, as a player, but yeah, I love it. I love the theater of the mind. I love the fun of it. I love the storytelling. I love the creativity that my family gets into and how to problem solve and do things like that. It's absolutely great. All right. Uh, Who would like to add my input, but sure don't love this show, nor even like that much since important issues seem to be ignored, like discussing other matters, poo-pooing while Alaska is sinking by globalists. Herman doesn't like that I don't talk about the COVID thing every day. Sorry, Herman. Um. You know, I'm sorry you don't like the show, but that's okay. It's okay. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. All right. Got to jump back into it. Let's do it. 
No, this one right here. We'll see you. Hour two starts right now. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Streaming live across the world uh, on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com. That's where you can go to my website and uh, download the audio stream. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash MichaelDukeShow, on YouTube, on Twitch TV. Uh, If you're really jonesing for a taste of the show, you can always listen to the podcast afterwards. Or if you miss anything, you could find the podcast on CastBox and Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify. That's my my go-to, Spotify. Um, I mean, I'm subscribed to my own podcast on Spotify, mainly just to make sure that, I, that it shows up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not re-listening to myself. I get sick of hearing myself talk for two hours. Are you kidding me? Uh, anyway. It's uh, it's good. It's good stuff. Welcome to the program. Hour two of the big radio show. Uh, as I said earlier, I had some guests that we were trying to get lined up, but everything kind of fell apart. And so I just decided that we're going to do kind of an open line, open forum thing today. I got some headlines. We still haven't gotten to a couple of the big headlines because we got inundated with phone calls there at the end of the last hour after a few minor technical difficulties uh, it's like a train wreck you couldn't look away this show is just like careening towards the end of the bridge and uh i just didn't pull the lever back in time but we're back on track and we're ready to go man these train analogies are awesome um anyway uh so we uh, we got the phone lines open if you would like to call in today and talk about any of the things that uh you would like to talk about it is uh the pivotel call in line powered by our friends at pivotel and satellite west at 907 433 3150 907-433-3150 if you'd like to uh if you'd like to do it just uh, come on in and sound off on anything couple of the headlines so let's let's get to the, these big headlines just so that we can we can we can we could say we talked about them uh first and foremost uh this email dump did you see this uh did you see this whole thing uh with uh Natasha uh, and uh, the Alaska Permanent Fund uh, Corporation uh, Director CEO Angela Rodell. You know, you know that uh, that Natasha is uh, heading the Legislative Budget and Audit Committee, which is now investigating the firing of Angela Rodell. And uh, their their whole way, the, the, they said, "Oh, we want to ensure that the board, we want to make sure that the board is not being politicized." By politicizing the board. No, we're just, we're going to make sure. But again, this record dumps, uh, it's being uh, chronicled over at Must Read Alaska. 
Um, they had an extensive public records request, and they are like a huge amount of email conversations that go on uh, between Angela Rodell and uh, Natasha von Imhoff. It turns out that they were pretty buddy buddy. They were friends. Uh, now this was known, but it was not known to the extent at which that they had uh, conversations, conversations of a political nature. Um, that uh, that maybe Natasha was having uh, influence on Rel- on Rodell in many matters relating to the fund, including, according to Must Read, a bill that Rodell was trying to get passed in the legislature. Um, there there it turns out that according to these this email reads and everything else that. Their their relationship was not just a public relationship. They had a private personal relationship as well in private. They knew each other. Uh, Von Imhoff's chief of staff made an arrangement for Von Imhoff and Rodell to attend a theater performance together. Uh, there's another text message that reveals their friendship, uh, commenting that Rodell said that uh, Von Imhoff was the bomb. <laughs> Natasha, hold this. Uh, <laughs> it's a bomb. Um, anyway, you da bomb is the text message that uh, Von Imhoff got from Rodell after she sent uh, a cell phone number for Corey Feige, who is a fund trustee. Um, Von Imhoff has gone on and on and on about his, how she's concerned about the firing of Rodell, that it was it was politicization and it was all, all the while – she was behind the scenes talking about uh, legislation and everything else and doing all these other things. Uh, there was also, um, uh, there were side emails, discussions on matters that were being legislated with former rep Jennifer Johnston, Jonathan Christ Tompkins as well. Those are both, uh, they, do, they do not like the full PFD. Um, but it, so anyway, it, it, this whole thing chronicles a detailed and uh, deeper relationship than Von Imhoff has ever uh, publicized, um, and uh, they are, you, you know, it's it's all coming to light now. Again, the whole reason she was doing this was to make sure that the process wasn't politicized. While at the same time, apparently, uh, politicizing it themselves. The Department of Law, by the way, already recommended that the uh, the Budget and Audit Committee did not get involved in this. Their legal opinion was that it... Uh, that it exceeded the committee's statutory and constitutional authority. Uh, and they're already on record as saying that the relationship between Rodell and Von Imhoff is a sticky wicket. Um, and that they recommended that there actually, if there was going to be an investigation, that a third party, nonpartisan, nonpolitical third party, would be the more appropriate way to investigate the actions. This is the quote from the Department of Law. This delegation of subpoena power to one individual, Natasha, and its current use as a threat to AFPC trustees and employees has been made even more problematic because of a clear conflict of interest at the center of the committee's investigation. So... Natasha, I just don't fathom it. How you could say that this is not politicizing what you're already saying you're trying not to politicize. I just don't. This goes back again to the politician's disease. Well, that, that you know, that's rules for thee and not for me because, you know, we know better than you and 
we need to work closely together. And, you know, of course I want my friends to be, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Natasha, hold this bomb for me. Um, you the bomb. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, that is the, uh, that's the deal. That is the deal uh, on uh, on on Natasha. So interesting stuff, by the way. Interesting stuff. Um, Josh Revac has also um, uh, also made the news. Now he didn't make the ADN, although it was mentioned in the ADN article about the uh, new election that he may be considering. Uh, he that he was one of the potential candidates who could run for Don Young's seat um uh, you know in the in the special primary and the special general coming up in July and August but uh it was just kind of a message a, me- a, a mention in passing well now must read has got another article up uh, apparently um she said he'd leaked it to a left-wing blogger on Wednesday so I don't know if that was uh landmine or midnight sun I haven't gone out to look but he said that basically that he's running for the seat left empty by Don Young. Uh, he sees himself as the heir apparent to the position, and he has the support of many D.C. lobbyists who often darken the congressman's doorway. Now, this leads to a couple interesting points. Uh, first and foremost, Josh Rivak, not my favorite person, um, not because he's not a, a, a congenial guy and, and everything else, but I remember he was on the program, and we should actually soundbite this out and go pull it out. In fact, I will. I will go soundbite that out um, when I uh, when I get some time here in the near future, especially if he's going to be running for um, for higher office. We definitely need to point this out. Josh Revac. Now, I'm 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 kind of of the mantra that you know, there's really no such thing as a dumb question. I mean, I, I mean, on, on Firearms Friday, especially. There's definitely no such thing as a dumb gun question. But when um, there, there are such a thing as a dumb question sometimes in other uh, areas, uh, and he was on the program uh, as part of his candidacy for, I can't remember if it was for re-election or for election the first time. I don't recall. I'll have to go back and look. But he made a comment about how the PFD, I mean, if the PFD made – you know, if the PFD got to $10,000, then how could we, you know, that would just be ridiculous. We couldn't pay the people $10,000. That if that money, you know, is basically essentially saying that money could go, should just think of all the good we could do in government with this $10,000. And of course, my, my point to him was, well, if the, ten, if the, if the dividend at the statutory level is $10,000, that means that the government's getting a commensurate amount on the other side because that's how it that's how it works right because it's a split of the you know if if the people make more then the government is making more i mean a rising tide floats all boats and he just couldn't wrap his brain around about why alaskans should get $10,000 if that's what the statute says and that's what the earnings of the fund look like but he's decided that he's going to run for this seat. Now he's been the co-chair of Alaskans for Don Young for the Alaskans for Don Young campaign for the last four months, 
Um, and if he does run, he's going to have to face off against uh, Nick Baggage, who's uh, already in the race. Uh, he's also going to have to face off against um, uh, uh, Christopher Constant, the progressive from the Anchorage Assembly. And uh, he probably going to have to run off against uh, Al Gross as well, because word is, is that Al Gross has come back from Thailand and he's going to run again. So it, uh, it it's an interesting thought. Uh, Revac really has, uh, he's still pretty new in the legislature. He really hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, he's been taking his uh, marching orders for the most part, from what I can see. This is just my take on it. Uh, he's been taking his marching orders from, uh, so I, I just don't see him running as a, you know, I just don't see him being a, a, uh, uh, a force for good in the uh, in the legislature right now. While publicly, Revac has been saying that he's not running, he's been calling on leaders across Alaska asking for their support. But he has hurdles. If he runs, he can't raise money for a congressional race as he's a sitting legislature and the legislature is in session. And state law prohibits that, any kind of campaigning. He would need to resign in order to mount a successful campaign, uh, campaign or slip well behind the curve in the fundraising, unless the entire campaign is run by a bunch of D.C. lobbyists or whoever that could raise the money. But the question remains, according to uh, to uh, uh, Downing, as to whether Revac can run for both his Senate seat and run for the congressional seat, effectively showing up in two places in the ballot for the district he now represents. That's a no. Uh, I think... Uh, I think uh, 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 Fanumi I covered this in the press conference that you can't run for two different offices on the same ballot, uh, you know, on, at the same election time. So I think that if he does this, he would be ineligible to run for um, re-election in his campaign seat. Uh, that's my understanding uh, based on what Fanumi I said during the press conference the other day. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that that is, that is the problem. You can't run in a primary and then, uh, you know, you'd have to run in the special primary in July and then you'd have to be the one of the top four and you'd have to be on the special general in August during the regular primary and you couldn't appear on the primary ballot for your district and still be running in the in the uh, special general for the congressional seat, um, and then apparently he and Suzanne got into some kind of tiff apparently last week, uh, and she's got a snapshot of it. I don't know why uh, she reported about Don Young's passing, and he called Downing. Here's what he said: "You are the biggest piece of human waste on the planet, Susan. I just wanted you to know that." And I'm like. What? Because she posted a story about Don Young's passing on a news blog? That seems to be kind of weird. Um, but apparently there apparently that's 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 a thing too. So well, um we're up against the break. I guess we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we'll have more. And um, we'll see what it is that you guys want to talk about. Then he deleted his comment, says Jonathan. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I don't even know why he would say that. Did he think it was some kind of joke? Or did he just, you know, 
Wow. But screenshot, I mean, once you put it on the internet, people, it's there forever. Don't ever forget that. It's there forever. All right, uh, we're going to continue. Uh, phone lines are open right now, 433-3150, It is The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, I made sure everything worked this time. Fingers crossed. I don't get another text message from somebody. Uh, Kevin McCabe says, I heard the timing thing that he felt she jumped the gun and all the family did not know yet, and he was grieving at the time, and we all handle grief differently. And maybe that's what, it, that's what it was. But again, call her up and to her face and tell her she's a dirty so-and-so. You don't do it in a public forum. But maybe, like you said, we all handle grief differently. We all handle grief differently. Uh, that's for sure. Um, uh, who was Christopher... Pierce running against who's Christopher Pierce are you talking about Charlie Pierce or Christopher Constance you got two different names there uh that I don't who are you talking about Jonathan I'm not sure who who you're who you're talking about there um somebody made a comment that I wanted to to talk about real quick where was it I'm scrolling backwards here because it was a while ago oil price com is out with a story that a number uh, of oil analysts are predicting that a barrel of crude will top $200 by the end of the year, with some estimates going up to $250 a barrel. Well, uh, well, um, that would that's a whole nother kettle of fish there, isn't it? Um, that's a whole different kettle of fish. I'm not sure. I thought they were running for Don Young spot. Uh, uh, Christopher Constant who is the uh, the borough assembly person in Anchorage, was already setting up to run for Congress before Don passed away. And uh, the word is he's going to throw his hat in the ring on this, on this special election as well. So we'll see. We'll see. We need an economic system instead of capitalistic. The new system is called Capashionomics, based on compassion, not greed, from or for the participants. Uh, You know, the problem is, uh, Russ, uh, Jim, is that, um, you know, Compassionate Capitalism, which uh, is actually a good book. It was written by uh, Rich DeVos, I think, one of the guys from the Amway Corporation. He wrote a book called Compassionate Capitalism, which I I still remember uh, pieces and parts of it to this day. I must have read it 25 years ago. Um, But, uh, you know, capitalism is still the best system out there. The problem, you know, human nature is baked into all things. And we can create any kind of economic system we want that, you know, on paper works just like, oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, communism on paper, socialism on paper, it works great, right? But you got this little thing called human nature. 
And, you know, humans by their very nature are selfish animals or, you know, we're self-serving in a lot of ways. We have our own wants and needs and desires that that a lot of these systems don't account for. Um, There are plenty of compassionate people out there who uh, are capitalists. Uh, But part of the problem is that we don't have a we do not have a um, we don't have a pure capitalistic system in this country anymore. I mean, we don't have a true free market. Because the government has been intervening in the market for the last 150 years. And that's where a lot of the problems come from, is the government intervention in the market, trying to create you know, equity or an even playing field or to pick winners and losers. And it's not a true free market system. So when people laugh and say, well, capitalism has failed, I'm like, well, we don't know because, you know, uh, we if we could get the government out of it and let human you know, nature and human interest, uh, you know, run the show for a while, we could see. It's still the best system that we've had so far. Still by far. More people have been raised out of poverty in the last, you know, hundred years than in all the previous centuries of recorded history previously. That's the thing. I mean, it is the it is the ultimate in that regard. But uh anyway. I didn't want to uh, yeah, capitalism in its pure form is the ultimate in compassion. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Brian. I think Brian and I are of one accord on this. We are in one accord. And how we got into that Honda, I have no idea. Like and share this video. Like That was a dad joke. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right. Um, hi, how are you? Welcome back. We got into deep waters there during the break, man. We were talking about capitalism and free markets and oil pricing and so much more. Um, so the phone lines are open, by the way. I guess I should throw that out there. Um, I... Who's... <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're ready to go. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, um, we have got the phone lines open, and we are ready to uh, go to town on that. It is open line, open form, so any topic is fair game. We'd love to hear from you and let you drive the bus. I kind of dropped the big stories of the day. This big email dump from uh, uh, about uh, Natasha Von Imhoff and Angela Rodell actually being friends. And, uh, you know, she's going after the Alaska Permanent Fund Corporation Board, a hammer and tong, uh, like she's trying to prevent this from being politicized. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy story. So if you haven't been following that, that's a good one. It's up on must read right now. In fact, I guess I'll post the link up in the chat room because that's the kind of guy I am. I'll post it up in the chat room so you can go read that if you want. Um, did I have anything else? Did I have anything else? Oh, there's a whole thing here about the, um, well, I wanted to talk about this. All right. I'll talk about it. Cause I just, I don't want to get too wound up here. Um, but the, uh, 
bond packages down in Anchorage. Now they got a hundred hundred and eleven million dollar bond package for the school district. Now their justification is, of course, well, we didn't have a bond package last year, so we need this one. And we're retiring about that amount of money already. So they're retiring like $90 million in bonded indebtedness. Now, remember, this takes 20 to 30 years, right? 20 to 30 years to, depending on what the bond is and the length of the bond, to pay off all this stuff. And so they're like, oh, yeah, we need to take that in. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the argument is is that, well, we've just got so many things. And they didn't break this out, by the way. This is what kills me. They don't break this. Uh, they don't break this bond out into separate pieces. Uh, they do it as a whole omnibus type package where everything is covered. One hundred and eleven million dollars. Here's how it goes: in critical infrastructure improvements. Now, some of that has to do with simple things like, no, oh, I don't know, deferred maintenance and everything else. Anyway, there's a story in KTUU. That talks about um, this school in Anchorage called Lake Otis Elementary School. And according to the story, they're looking to receive $12.5 million of bonds because the systems at the school are beyond their expected life. Leading to what the district is calling a needed upgrade to be put into the school to extend the building's life expectancy. Now... I tried to Google it uh, this morning after I first read this story. I tried to find out when the construction date, you know, when when was Lake Otis Elementary School constructed? I tried to find it. I tried to track it down. Um, and I, I couldn't I couldn't suss it out. But if that building is less than I don't know, if it's less than thirty years old. We got an issue. What do you mean the systems are beyond their expected life? You know, lighting systems, electrical, mechanically, we're doing the vent. This is all basic maintenance. And, you know, maybe there's some capital upgrades that needs to be done in some of this. But what? Oh, then they're getting a new playground, too, by the way. The $12.9 million for this bond, for this one school. 12.9, which is roughly, what, a third, nearly, nearly a third to a half of what it would be to, to build a brand new school. I mean, I'm just, not that I'm advocating building a brand new school, but I'm like, what, what, what are we doing here? Under this bond, the district is focusing on the elementary school vestibules. They're starting to put vestibules in all the elementary schools so they can security, so that people can only come in unless they have a fob. They have to be buzzed in. So it's more security measures and 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 other things. I mean, I don't know. I, it just the, the whole bond package thing just pisses me off because I'm so, you know, they they got, there's like $800 million in COVID money that the schools in the state of Alaska have that they haven't even spent yet. They're going back to the legislature with that they need more money. They continue to defer maintenance and use the money for other programs and then come back with their hat in their hand to the legislature or to the assemblies and say, we need this because it's so... Uh, 
It is just so. And then they ask you as a property owner to indebt yourself yet again. Well, don't worry. It's only an extra $112 per 100000 and the state's going to pay most of that. It's going to, you don't worry about it. Your part will only be $100 until the state doesn't pay it back. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, the school district would do well to upgrade lighting. That would easily, that would be, that would easily pay out, says Brian. Absolutely. And they talk about that, that they could replace all the fluorescents with the new LEDs. And that's a two-year payback. But why are we bonding 20 years worth of money for a two-year payback? I mean, this, it's insane. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where you call from? Good morning, Mike. Mark from the Golden Heart Interior. What's up? Mark? Uh, I just, uh, I'm just as surprised as you are about these bonding issues. You know, the report cards in the foreign-born and foreign-minded ideological infiltration and taking over of our public fool system is complete. Alaskans need to take their kids completely out of school for alternative education and keep them completely away from these experimental shots. Uh, uh, the only thing more reprehensible about... Uh, the uh, Burl telling everybody that there is no more ability to burn wood or heat your home is these NEA ads telling us how much they uh, care and they love our kids. And uh, they're keeping truth from them concealed in these unrighteous uh, uh, dictates that will not share with them the truthful fountain of knowledge which is our lord jesus christ well i mean we've all got the option to do that i mean that's why one of the reasons why i homeschooled all my kids mark so that i could do that um and i mean that's a fight that we could fight all we want uh it's not going to work right now for this day and age but you're right you have the opportunity to keep those things out and that's for sure thank you mark for your call uh i appreciate it you know the other thing that i noticed on this whole thing that there's already advertising going on out in the anchorage area for uh, vote yes at all these schools because you know it's for the children and we love the children that, that you know they're delicious they taste like chicken no 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 sorry that's not what i meant the, the children we love the children and uh but you know who's paying for all these things top three contributors contracting company architect engineer companies all three companies the top three contributors are the ones who will benefit most. Not Again, I'm not criticizing them. They know where their bread is buttered. I still remember to this day seeing a, um, a trade magazine. Uh, this is 20 years ago, maybe 20, yeah, probably 20 years ago. Seeing a trade magazine from the Association of General Contractors. They had a trade magazine that went out to different contractors. And on the front, the front headline of the of the of the magazine it said how to sell schools to your community and it was like a game plan for how to sell these schools to the communities because why that's where they got their money that's where they got their jobs that's how the engineers and the blueprints and the architects and the contractors and everybody got paid tear that school down and build a new one i know it's still i know you still have a bond that you're paying on it I know that you're still paying. I know you still you owe 10 years of bonds on this one building, but we recommend you tear it down and build a new one. 
that you'll take a bond out to do. And that's what they did in Fairbanks. They tore a school building down that they had just performed a bunch of work on over the previous three or four years. They tore the whole thing down. They still owed a decade or more of bonds on that building that no longer existed. And then they bonded for another 25 or $26 million school on top of it made across the parking lot. It's it's just, it's it's insane. Insane. You know what else is insane? Thinking that uh, <clears throat> bad things only happen to other people. That's what's insane. Thinking that bad things can't happen to you. Uh, and maybe that's the one downside to American exceptionalism to think that, oh, bad things can't happen to me. I mean, you know, bad things. We're America. We don't, that, those things don't happen here. And then something like 9 11 happens, right? Uh, and, you know, we, we, we wake up and we go, wow, that's a, I guess bad things can happen to us. Yes. This is why my family, if I had a family creed, you know, back in the day, you know, they had the, you know, house dukes of the whatever with the crest and the raven is the, is the sigil and the, and their motto is prepare for the worst and hope for the best and all your surprises will be happy ones. Right. That, I mean, that would be my house motto or creed if I was, this was the, if this was the game of Thrones days, right? That's what it would be because I'm always trying to, just in case. You know, just in case I'm planning on this or that or just, and that's why um, I have a bivy stick. What is a bivy stick? You might ask. The bivy stick is a small device. It's about half the size of your cell phone that tethers to your phone via Bluetooth. You download the app from the marketplace, wherever you, wherever you get your marketplace stuff. And it creates a link to your phone and it turns your phone into a satellite communication device. Why is that important, you ask? Well, I mean, remember back in 2018 during the earthquake down in, in the Anchorage area? Uh, I mean, I the I live out in Wasilla here, and I mean, the the thing is, the, the epicenter was like six miles from my house. And I was trying to make calls that morning because I was trying to figure out what was going on and what was happening. And about half the time, I, didn't, I don't have a landline, but about half the time, my cell phone wasn't working. It wasn't going through. Uh, because, uh, you know, cellular congestion, cell towers going down, whatever. If I had had a baby stick then, I could have been sending text messages and emails. As long as you could see the sky, you can do those things. Not only that, you can download things like uh, regular and aviation and marine forecasts for weather. You've got complete mapping facilities on board, and you can drop pins um, and you've got little check-in buttons. So let's say an earthquake happened and my wife and family were at home and I was somewhere on the highway or downtown or wherever, uh, and something like that happened, I could just send a text message to say, I'm okay, and here's where I'm at. And then I could set my phone to mark my progress on a map so they could follow along to make sure that I got home safely. So, I mean, if you're a snow machiner or a hunter or a fisherman or you know, you're you're out on the you're out on the uh, the ocean, or you're you love to uh, you know ATV or kayak or somewhere. You know, it's always good to have something that brings you that peace of mind of knowing that all you have to do if something goes wrong is you hit the little red button on the baby stick and it sends a message that to to all the people that you've connected to it that say I'm hurt and here's where I'm in and I need help and drops a direct location. You know, down to I don't know what it is a three meter range or something. That's what the baby stick does. It does all this for 199 bucks. Why are you not getting one right now? No activation fees. 
Plans starting as low as 14 bucks a month if you get a year's worth of the safety plan. Uh, they've got rollover if you don't use your credits. And uh, and it's it's it five days of continuous use on the, on the battery. Go find more at SatelliteWest.com. Click on the Bivy logo or go to your local dealer at uh, Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor, Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks, Safe and Sound in Soldotna, Anchorage, or Wasilla, Radar Alaska in Kodiak, Communications North in Seward, and South Central Radar on the Spit in Homer. Uh, I got a line on hold, but I got to pay the bills. We got to go. We're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere, caller. I'll get your name and where you're calling from here in just a second. And we'll be back with more with final calls and thoughts and comments. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Also on YouTube and Twitch TV and the podcast and you know, all that stuff. Just go find me right there. All right, we'll be back with more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Look at that. We're in the break. Successfully went to commercial break. It's amazing. Uh, all right, let's go to the um, let's go to the phones and get some uh, get some names here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, hi. This is uh, Tim from Homer. Hello, Tim from Homer. Would you hold the line for me, please, and I'll be right back to you. Alrighty. Thanks. Uh, all right. Thanks. Hold the hold the line, Tim. We'll be right back to you here in a second. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going back to read some of the comments here. KTUU, now that's a reliable source of knowledge. Eh, you know, eh, whatever. Um, indoctrination, the school district, we talked about that. Perpetual debt, that's what Brian's saying. He goes, the lighting upgrade's easy, it'd be an easy payout, but they just want you in perpetual debt. And, and that's exactly what it is. They want to spend your money. Um, the union keeps the bonds going to keep their members employed. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. Again, a lot of the contractors unions and the construction and the teachers unions, they want bright new buildings. They always want something new. Um, I'm predictable too. I'm always cynical and a generally sarcastic individual when it comes to government. I'm almost a 10th level curmudgeon. Well, if you work really hard, you may make it to that 10th level. I mean, it's not easy, but it can it can it can it can be done. Uh, Edie Grunwald's on sound off this morning at nine a.m. We won't announce that on the radio since we're on the opposing radio station, but we'll announce it here on Facebook if you want to go out and listen to Edie Grunwald this morning on sound off. Um, Twain asks, "Can you use the bivy to put your location somewhere where you are not, so you can't be tracked or show that you are not where you were?" I'm asking for a friend. I. I don't think I think I'll have to take the fifth on that, Dwayne. I don't think it'll happen. Sean Foreign for U.S. Senate, Chris By for U.S. Congress will be at the outdoor show this weekend in Wasilla. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, and we're about uh, what are we about here? Fourteen minutes till the top of the hour. Oof. 
Okay. Well, what else you guys want to talk about this morning? I've run. I. I. I'm. I'm Donna. Donna made a comment about CSR and ESR. I was trying to figure out what those are. Um. Uh. Sorry. I. I know I'm babbling here. You don't know anything. Environmental, uh, environmental, social, and corporate governance, the three broad categories, socially responsible investors. So that's the first one. And the other one is CSR, which is CSR, corporate social responsibility, refers to practices and policies undertaken by corporations intended to have a positive influence on the world. This is back when we were talking about uh, 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 um, compassionate capitalism. And she says, this is Donna Arden, she says, corporate, corporate social responsibility and environmental, social, and corporate governance may destroy our economy. Because they're trying to do things that are, you know, again, it's, it, they're promoting, again, environmental justice and social justice and all this other kind of stuff. When they really should just focus on what they do and let people make their own decisions instead of trying to pick. Again, this is the problem with government picks winners and losers, and then uh, then uh, companies try to pick sides on different issues or different debates, you know, to to show how woke they are or to virtue signal where they are, and then they just you know, it, and it, we must abandon. Oop, there's an article in the Hill here. Um, an article in the Hill from. Who is this? Greg uh, Byron. Representative Byron Donalds of Florida. We must abandon ESG policies in America and around the globe. Woke companies. I have I'd, I'd never heard of either one of those things in that in that regard. So I guess I guess it's something that I'll have to uh, I guess it's something that I will have to uh, um, uh, read up on a little bit more. So thank you, Donna, for commenting on that. I'll I'll see if I can figure out what's going on with what, what it is um elise galvin is running in district 14 as an independent but uses act blue for getting her donations act blue is a democratic only website she's a democrat running as an independent i mean that's a surprise to you i mean that's a huge surprise to you Susie, that elise galvin is calling herself an independent but really she's a democrat I mean, isn't that what Al Gross said before he was outed on a recording saying, I'm, I'm really a Democrat. I caucus with Democrats. Is that really shocking to you that that, that happened? I mean, I'm asking for a friend. All right. Uh, let's get down to it here. We're running up against the uh, running up against the clock. We're going to rejoin the radio. Please like and share this video. I haven't asked you to do that. Or have I? Maybe I have. I don't know. Like and share. Like and share. Like and follow. Uh, the show page, uh, subscribe, ring the bell, do all that happy stuff. Let's get back over to the uh, radio and the phones, and we'll do it to it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, returning now, one final segment of the program as we get ready to wrap things up. Uh, we got uh, some phone lines on hold, so we're going to go over there first. Tim is uh, 
over in my beautiful adopted hometown of Homer. Uh, Tim's down there. I wanted to sound off on something, so let's go to him first to see what he has to say. Good morning, Tim. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Um, yeah, I, I just had a question. I figured you probably knew. Um, uh, I see how uh, Walker is going for uh, governor again, and I was just wondering. Uh, you know how he got into the got into um, the dividend and took you know took out all, out all that money for the dividend. Where did that money go? The money I mean, remained. Was a lot of money. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a, the money that. Yep. So he vetoed the money out of the dividend. And because the money was vetoed and he doesn't have appropriation power, the money remained in the earnings reserve account. In fact, for the first three or four years of them taking the dividend, they, you know, it was kind of a misnomer when people said, oh, they stole our money to spend it on government. No, no, they stole your money to just leave it in the account. Because for the first three or four years, it was not spent on anything. It just sat in the earnings reserve account drawing interest. And uh, then one year they finally well, tapped into the ERA deep enough to to draw into it, and they started using some of it. But yeah, for the most part, those first three or four years of your dividend being taken, that was all uh, that was all money just sitting there in the bank account for a rainy day in case they needed it. Wow. Yeah, I think yeah he was a he was a lawyer. That's how he was able to tap into that, and now he's going for governor again, and that's kind of wild. Well, I mean, he was a lawyer, but I mean, he was able to tap into it because the governor has line item veto authority uh, and he exercised it. But that was really on a transfer. The argument that then became went over to the court case on the Supreme Court between uh, Willikowski and the state was, was it a transfer or was it an appropriation? And they ruled that it was an appropriation and subject to legislative appropriation and government veto. That's that's what it came down to. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, it was almost even more insulting. It wasn't like they were taking the money and spending it in the economy. It was like they took the money from Alaskans out of the private economy, and then they just held on to it till they needed it one day. That was almost more insulting than if they'd gone out and spent it. Yeah. And that, and that, uh, he was wanting to do that pipeline. And I think from what I was reading, he was, uh, it was going to be like pretty much a China, China deal. Yeah, China was going to have master or have a major stakeholder status in it. Um, they were going to be something like seventy five percent owners in the whole thing. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a it was a hot that's, mess. That's that's wild because that would have that would have been pretty much China's pipeline here in Alaska. That's yep. not a very good not a very good deal. Now he's going for governor. Hopefully he doesn't get in there. But anyway, I appreciate your time, and I figured yeah, you knew. Uh, about that money, I was just wondering, just because uh, he was the first one to tap into it. And yeah. I after I remember hearing, you know, twenty years ago, they said once they got their hands into it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and quite not honestly, good, not uh, a good deal. Quite honestly, Tim, a chunk of that money is still sitting in the earnings reserve account. I mean, it could be paid back, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. Thank you for your call, Tim. I appreciate it. Let's go over here to the phones. Uh, take another phone call this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. Uh, David call, David Boyle calling from Anchorage. Hey, David. Good. What's happening down there? <laughs> well, uh, not much. Uh, well, actually, too much sometimes. But uh, I just wanted to tell your listeners out there, there's a, a tremendous bill coming up tomorrow morning, Senate Education, Senate Bill 196. 
and it actually has to do with pushing back against critical race theory. And uh, it has two parts to it, transparency and compelled speech. The transparency portion requires the schools or districts to put on their website any instructional materials, training materials relating, relating to, it's rather long, diversity, equity, inclusion, race, sex, etc. So that's very good. Uh, I'd like to see them put all their curriculum on, the, on their web pages, right. but they're not going to do that, I don't believe. The other part, part two of that, is prohibiting compelled speech. That means that a teacher, administrator, or other employees cannot award a course grading and require the student to, to uh, get extra credit for political activism or lobbying or persuade members of the executive or legislative branch at any level in the state. So, you know, you can't give credit for a kid going down to Juneau and lobbying for the NEA, let's say. Is that uh, is that's it, a really great and is that is that happening right now, bill, David? Is that happening in this bill? David, is that happening right now? I mean, are no, they, it's tomorrow. No, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about the the giving no, my, student extra credit oh, for lobbying oh. and going down and doing all this political activism. Are they actually giving extra credit for? Well, I don't know if they're giving uh, giving them extra credit for their class in that or not, but they're paying for them to go down there. You know, huh. to lobby for more funding for the uh, broken school system in Alaska. Mm. Wow. The best part of this, bill, I would say one of the best parts of the bill is there are teeth in this bill. If anybody is aggrieved by these actions, be it, uh, you know, a teacher, an employee, or a student, or, or a, um, a parent, they can sue, sue the uh, district in civil court for damages. Ooh. Okay, so when's the hearing so and where, where is it? How do we... morning at 9 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, nine o'clock, and it's in Senate Education or nine o'clock. Senate Education. Uh, the chair is Roger Holland, and uh, there'll be expert testimony there by Christopher Rufo, who's probably the expert in the nation on oh, critical yeah. race theory. All right. I hope your people listen in. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Thanks, David. For all you do, Michael. Appreciate you calling in this morning. Uh, one final call here before we uh, quit the show for today. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Hello, Randy. What's on your mind? Well, just uh, talking about the Bill Walker veto in 2016 when he vetoed half of the PFD. And you're right what you said, you know, that money didn't uh, go for government purposes or anything. It just went right back into the, uh, the uh, earnings reserve account of the permanent fund. But the reason he did it, of course, was to help eventually pave the way for SB 26, which they finally passed, two years later in 2018, and that was the bill, of course, that allowed for some of the earnings of the permanent fund to be used for government, which was the original purpose of setting up the permanent fund in uh, 1976. And to me, I've never voted for Bill Walker, don't plan to ever vote for him or anything, he's too liberal for me, but to me that was the one heroic, truly heroic thing that Bill Walker did. He sacrificed, he knew he was going to be in big trouble politically for doing that, he sacrificed his, his political career to, to provide cover for the cowardly legislatures that were quaking in their boots and they were too afraid to reduce the PFD to make way for some of the earnings to be used to pay for the massive deficits that Alaska was settled, uh, was, uh, was uh, uh, put on with 
when the price of oil crashed in 2014 and 2015. We had a $4 billion deficit, and we desperately needed to use some of those earnings, but the legislature was too cowardly to do anything until Bill Walker magnificently stepped up. I'm still not going to vote for him, but he, well, but that he, was a heroic act. They didn't do anything even after he did that. Again, the money just sat in the account, and... Uh, you know, I mean, you could say it was a heroic act. They already had the ability to draw from the earnings reserve. All they needed was a three-quarter vote to do so. Um, they could, I'm excuse me, they just needed a majority vote to do so from the earnings reserve. They could have done it. They could have done it at any time. They didn't need Bill Walker's veto to make that happen. Uh, and again, he took money out of the private economy and uh, it took money out of the private economy and then did nothing with it. I mean... At least if he had spent it on government, I guess something would there have been some kind of stimulus in that. Not nearly what it would have been if it had been in private hands. But instead, he just left it in the account and it sat there for years. So, I mean, you could idolize him all you want for that vote, but I think it was still the wrong call. Thank you, Randy, for your call. We're out of time for today. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. I'm out of here, my friends. Thank you for coming in and joining us. We love you. We... Thank you for listening. Be kind to one another. Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay, my friends, I appreciate all of you. Again, like and share if you would. Like and share. Like and follow. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day.